This morning I'm going to tamper with your theology a little bit because some of the things I will say might offend some of you. I know I've already started offending some of you, but uh, I trust that by the time you settle to the breath of the Spirit, you will confirm that the things I have spoken are in line with Scripture. Praise God. Yeah, if you find it in the Word, take it as, as the truth. Hmm? And you heard from the first service, don't read your mind into Scripture. Read the Scripture to your mind. Praise God. Very important. There should be no preconceived notion. Every time you come to God, you come as a blank sheet. You come as a tablet that is a slate completely wiped free and let the Lord inscribe on you whatever he wills. But once you come full and then you're looking for scriptures to validate your thoughts, (laughs) what happens is a concoction and then you project the spirit and the will of man because the whole problem of man is his will. But God insists that we worship him with our will. Because God will not force. You know, yesterday the Holy Ghost was teaching me something that was such a blessing. I was reading Psalm 145. And I came to a point where I started to ask myself, what is all this, I will bless the Lord? Just bless him. Why, you, why will you? You write a whole song saying, I will bless the Lord. Bless the Lord if you want to bless the Lord. Why this I will, I will, I will all the time when we sing, when we, when we you know, worship? I will bless you, I will bless you, I will, I will. I'm, gone, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I have come to. Just do it. Just say, I bless you. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit taught me that the first instrument of worship is your will. So you need to exercise it. If you don't give it, it sounds forced. So it's important to God that you submit your will. If you don't start at the gate of your will, you can't access the throne. So it's important. When we say, I will, it is a pledge that I submit my will. Secondly, the beauty of that submission is that it's voluntary. It's not forced. So when we worship God, it's important to say, I will. Oh, I will. That's why the Psalms are laden with all manner of I will pledges all over the Psalms. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. Because this is the whole problem of man. We have our own thing and we know what we want. So last week, I taught on Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and I was showing you the latitude, the potential of the Holy Ghost. To let you know that he is bigger than speaking in tongues. That though that was the first manifestation of the spirit in the new covenant. In Acts chapter 2. Doesn't mean that's all the manifestation. So I'm going to go further in that today. And do some more explanation. And some application. So that you can make the connection in your life. Hmm? As to how you live. Because we're living subpar. We're living sub the, the potential of what we have received. And that's much of what Bishop G also said in the first service. So I'm just lending you know, credence to that. And it's important because in this season more than ever before, my joy as a pastor and any leader in, in ministry is that when we come and we find that we, we're not only teaching accurately, but we're also teaching words that are timely, relevant to the events that are happening in the day, it's a blessing. Because sometimes you're accurate, but you're not timely. Yeah. And once a thing comes... Out of its time. It has no value. It's usually unappreciated. And it frustrates the bearer. There are many singers who wrote great songs before their time. And others took credit for the remix. (laughs) I have a friend in the US. Powerful song. He released it at a time. When a great man of God visited his church, heard him sing it and sang it in their own church. And that was it. We never heard that he wrote the song. Those of us who know he wrote the song, just know he wrote the song. He never got the honor for it. 
when things come before their time. Now, the mark of that is not always material increase. Let me explain that. Because Jesus came at his time and yet the people did not listen to him. So, you can't use that to judge that the thing has come in his time. But, the, let me not digress. The bottom line of what I'm saying is it's a great encouragement as a minister when we come and find that what we're teaching and what is happening in the day is validating the need for it. That this is actually the time you should be saying what you're saying. And if you listen to, you know, the news, you go on social media, and you see the things that are happening in Nigeria today, more than ever before, we need to use our power. Christians are sitting on a gold mine. The treasure that is locked within and what it potentially can do is crying for expression. And then we're looking up. I just read you Exodus. God said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to go ahead. Why the people? Because when they march into the water, it must give way. But when we stand at the edge and we are crying to God and he's looking at us, I don't know what you people want me to do. I should come down again and die for a second time. You go and try dying. And see how easy it is. I've died. Can't die again. If it was that easy, all of you going to die. <laughs> I'm not going to die twice. This exercise was expensive. I showed you Ephesians 1.19. It took what the Bible calls IGP, immeasurably great power. That type of power had not been used before. It was kept in eternity until Jesus died. They don't have a second one. They've used it once. <laughs> so, <laughs> please. They're not going to die a second time. Praise God. So back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Let me just do a quick separation for you. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Yeah. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now the first thing you need to consider in this scripture. There are three elements you must highlight. What did I say? Three elements to highlight. And I'm not going to highlight them to you in the order of their appearance in the scripture. But in the order of their issuance. What I mean as in how they flow. So the first is the spirit, the person of the spirit, the Holy Spirit. He is the source. The second is what? The power. That is the means by which you do. And that's the effect of the spirit coming on you. And then the last is what? Witness. Very important. So take note of it. The spirit, the person, then the power, and the what? Now what is the witness? The witness is the purpose. So the bottom line of the spirit and the power is what? For witness. So to have the spirit and to receive the power as a result of having the, the spirit coming upon you is so that you can be what? A witness. Now if the witness is the end point and is the purpose, that means it's the main thing. Yeah. The main thing is not receiving the spirit, receiving the power, if you're not going to use it. The point of it is that you should use it to witness. The question is, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all evangelists? Are we all pastors? Are we all teachers? Ephesians calls every single gift some. Ephesians for you give it to some, 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 some. I ask myself, a whole nation of 12 tribes and God chose only one to face him morning to night. And the remaining 11 should go and do different things. So guess what? If only one tribe, if we juxtapose it against the New Testament, is supposed to do seemingly what it's work of witness. What are the other 11 supposed to do? They're useless. It cannot be. That means witnessing must be bigger in scope than what we think it is. When you think witnessing, all you think is evangelism and for people to come to church. That's all. When you think power, all you think is miracles. And indeed, to be fair, this scripture is actually talking about miracles. 
But that was because in that particular context, Jesus was talking directly, directly to his own apostles, whose primary assignment was to go and testify to people that indeed he came, he died, and was raised. So they needed miraculous power. So let me start from there to explain a few concepts to you and correct some of your theology. And please be patient with me. Don't be angry. If I say something that offends your bishop and your former pastor, don't worry. I assure you by the time you settle with me and think upon it, you know we're supposed to meditate on the word. You will agree that I'm correct. And you need to use a little bit of your brain to confirm it. Hmm? So tell somebody, borrow me brain. Just a little bit so that I can be able to also think. Yes. Because after you receive the word, you're supposed to meditate on it so you can understand it. Praise God. First things first. The power the Bible is talking about here, as I said, is miraculous power. Signs. Right? The type that you get up from a wheelchair when you are lame. And that's the power most Christians are shouting is no longer in the church. We don't see power anymore. That if we see that power, people will come. But I've shown you all through the New Testament that these people saw that power and they still did not believe in Jesus. So it doesn't guarantee that people will believe. Praise God. Uh They may like it. They may be attracted to it in that moment. But it doesn't guarantee that they will believe. But Christians still keep shouting all this. If we can just see power, 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 power. Because our definition of power is very limited to miracles. But I've just shown you. Everybody is not called to that. So if everybody is not called to that. What then is your own power? If everybody is not called to witnessing in the sense of evangelizing, what then is your own witness? Are you caught out of witnessing? Are you caught out of demonstrating and exercising the power of the Spirit? Simply because that's not your peculiar calling. No. We have to get the real meaning of power and the real meaning or the full scope, ambit of witnessing. Praise God. But the first thing I want to start with today is to tell you this. Get ready for it. Are you sure you are ready? Christians don't live by miracles. Miracles are not for you. Miracles are not for you. Miracles are given to you to demonstrate. You are a miracle worker. You are not a miracle seeker. You don't need miracles. Ah, what do you mean I don't know? No, you don't need them. They are not for you. At all. You were not included. That's why they are called signs. Have you seen a signpost that moves? If it moves, we miss the address. A sign stands there to show us the address. It doesn't go with us on the address. Yeah, so those things are called signs. It's actually the real meaning of the word. That they are supposed to point us to somebody whose name is Jesus. So you walk them. You don't need them. So the question is, how do you live? You live not by miracles. You live by principles. Now, this is the problem with principles. Because principles are also used by motivational speakers. We think they are not spiritual. What has happened over time is that principles have become recycled, available, ordinary, you know, tools that everybody uses motivation. We have turned The stones to bread. That's what Satan told Jesus. Turn these stones to bread. Stones are foundations. The things that hold a structure, which is your life. That's why the Bible says a person who hears the word and obeys it, lives by it, does my word. is like a man who builds his house. What is your house? He's talking about your life. Upon what? 
the rock. Guess what? The wind blows against it. The storm comes against it. But it stands. So guess what? You, are, you don't need miracles to avoid the storm. You need the storm to reveal who you are. What the storm comes to do is to show who is on the rock. The storm doesn't come to break you down. The storm comes to reveal who is on the rock, who is on sand. So you actually need the storm to show the stuff that you are made of. But they need you to hide them in your house. So miracles are given to you for others to show them a sign that Christ is real. Miracles are not for you to live by. This sounds wicked. Let me show you a scripture. So Israel, I say it all the time, but I've never said, I've never shown you. So I need to show you today. Israel went through the desert for how many years? How many years? You always say it. Exactly, for 40 years. Now look at Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12. Now in, in, the, in, the, in the wilderness, what happened? Their clothes did not wear out. Their shoes did not wear out. They drank water from the rock. They killed kings without having any training in military, you know, uh, uh, details and whatever. Now, that's what the church is looking for, that we call power. Desert tools. Meanwhile, your destination is the place of what? Promise. What's the Holy Ghost called? The Holy Ghost is called the spirit of promise. The promise. So let's use the metaphor, the shadow of Israel's journey from Egypt into the promise. That's our journey. When you got born again, you needed a sign to confirm that what you receive is real. But after you enter, you don't need it anymore. You have left desert. You have entered promise. No more manna. See what happened. Give me Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12. Look at it. It says, the manna stopped. See after me. It's like you're afraid to read it because it's as, so I'm saying miracles. No. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. What are we today? What the spiritual Israelites? What the Jews? No more manna for you. But that year, they ate of the produce of Canaan. What year? As soon as they entered into promise. Once you enter into the Holy Ghost, you don't need miracles. You now need principles. That's what you now live by. So, but because Christians hate principles, they, you love desert days. So, you want desert days to come back so that you don't have, now have to sow cloth. You don't now have to make shoe. But there's money to be made when you make shoe. That's how you are going to receive the wealth of the Gentiles. You will trade with them. So, God knows you cannot live in the promise like you lived in the desert. So he takes away the things he did for you in the desert and now makes you able to do it for yourself in the promise by giving you the same spirit by which he does it. That's why the Bible says, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will quicken what? Your mortal bodies. In other words, he will give you the ability to do what God does. So you don't need miracles. What you need are what? Principles. Now, how do the principles come? Let me show you. Give me Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. This is very, you need to get this so that you understand the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Let me just confirm that it is, it is that scripture. Hallelujah. Say it again that I don't need miracles. Not that I don't use miracles. Yes, I just need principles. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, I was correct. Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Now, go back to verse 1. Let me show you something. From verse 1. Please follow this. Verse 1, verse 1, verse 1 first. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in. We are in now. We have left the journey. We have not come into Christ. And to be in Christ is to have the Spirit. Paul says, if you do not have the Spirit, you don't belong to Christ. So you are in Christ Jesus. Now that we are in Christ Jesus, take note. Oh yeah, Next verse. What does it say? No, go back to verse 1 again. Let me read it properly. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, what law? Now, this translation is miserable. Let me give you a proper translation. Give me a new living translation. Because it says the law of the spirit of life. It makes you miss it. Look at it. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, give me contemporary English version. CEV. I want you to see a translation that says, the law of the spirit for life. In other words, for living the life you now have in Christ Jesus, there is a spirit and it's his own law you live by. When I say the law of Nigeria, is it one law Nigeria has? But I use the word law to, ex- I mean, to refer to a body of rules. That's what you call the law of Nigeria. When they say what is the relevant law for music, for copyright in Nigeria. Is that law one statement? It contains, but you use the word law singular to explain it. The law of the spirit is principles. It means that now you live by whatever the spirit says. That's what Jesus meant when he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. Yes. That's what he's saying. Have you found it? Anybody find that? It says, for the law of the spirit, for life. So there is life in Christ Jesus. That's different from the life that every other person lives. Now to live that life effectively, you need a spirit who gives you the instructions per situation per time regarding ECV, right? Yeah. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit. So what the believer lives by now is the Holy Spirit's every instruction. You don't need miracles. That's what we call principles. Do you know the word principle is from the Latin word principalis? Now the Latin word principalis, do you know what it means? Let me show you. It means first, origin, original. In other words, it is the source for all things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and miracles will be added unto you. So, we don't receive miracles. We produce miracles. We are set into a life state and situation and standard where miracle is our normal. For them, miracles is the announcement to them that the life we live is the life to live. So, they need to see to believe. We just walk by the spirit that produces it and we have these things normally. So, for example, as Bishop G said in the first service, you don't need to be sick and now receive the miracle of healing. What you need is to walk in your health by the instruction of the Spirit so you'll not be sick in the first place. But Christians hate that. What they want to do is to eat meat pie you're not supposed to eat, not listen to the Holy Ghost when he said don't eat it, and then putting a burden on the pastor to perform a miracle. 
The Holy Ghost told you when we are about to open that Fanta. One did know. Now, you don't want to live by the law of the Spirit, but you want the pastor to perform the miracle of your carnal mind of the flesh. Do you see the difference? Do you know where the problem came from? Somebody lied to us that the principles, the instruction, the way of the Lord is not powerful. What is powerful are the acts of the Lord. But guess the first thing God does to people he loves? He shows them his ways. He hides his ways. If it, if it is about things happening, it was happening. I told you there are people who can do miracles outside of Jesus. It's not special. So the ways of God are given only to those the Lord loves. Who are dear to him. How did God separate Israel from all the other nations in the earth? When he met them. He gave them his law so that the way they live would differentiate them from the other nations. For them, he told them you cannot eat meat with blood in it because the life of the animal is in his blood. Do you understand? But the nations that were bestial, the nations that they eat it just like that, they don't understand refinement and they are wondering why they are sick. They are wondering why their land is cursed. They are wondering why they are struggling. Christians keep rejecting what is really the power, which is the way of God, for the act of God. So, now, that's the one that applies to all of us, irrespective of whether you are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So, here is now the problem we have created in the church. God wanted us to receive the spirit to operate in two dimensions. So, the Holy Ghost operates in two dimensions. Let me explain that. Number one is the spirit upon us. I told you what upon means. Now, a friend of mine, from Ghana, who had a meeting recently. He was the one that described what I said to you last week, that the spirit fell. That's what King James says. And it's true. It was an urgency. The promise of the Father had been waiting to come. So it fell upon the people. But let me shock you. When I studied Act 1, again recently, verse 8, guess what I found? That word power, do you know what it really means? <laughs> I mean, sorry, the word upon. It says, and the spirit will come upon you. Do you know what the word upon means? Attack! It's as though the Holy Ghost just, allow me, wait, let me express myself. He attacks you. You are not involved in whatever he does in that instance. You can't explain how he performs the things he performs. But when it comes to the spirit within you, these are his two operations. That one, you are involved because your obedience determines whether it happens. The first one, all you have to do is yield. So it might look as if, yes, you have a role to play. Fine, yes. But I'm saying the operations of the Spirit through you at that time, you have no role in it. But when it says, don't eat that meat pie, you ate one yesterday. Give it three days before you eat another pie. Because by the time you start getting to 40-something, this deception of 20-something that tells you you can eat anything you like and there will be no consequence, it will take more work to be delivered of the weight and sin that you have received. Yes. It says lay aside every weight and sin. So it will take a lot to lay. It will take a lot to lay it aside. So now, now, listen to me and do as I said. The Holy Ghost knows. And he knows that at that time you may not have the type of money to employ the instructor. Because the path he is taking you on, he knows that's not what you need at that time. Because you might end up sleeping with the instructor. He already knows the days of your life. 
The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost knows every single day of your life. So it gives you instruction in line with your purpose, your calling, your assignment. So two dimensions, two operations of the Spirit. The Spirit upon us is for our assignment. What is your calling? What is your work? What do you do? You, you sing. You sell. You are a doctor. You are a nurse. You are an engineer. You need the Spirit upon you. But the Spirit within you is for the values, the principles, the attitude, the ideas, the notions, the philosophies, the policies by which you live that cause those things to produce lasting fruit. Now, the challenge is that aspect of the Christian life is where most believers fail. Now, because we fail there, guess what then happens? People do not see a witness of the fact that to have the Christian life gives me any value. That's why you find that the whole church is filled with a crowd of people. But if you mention people who are relevant in the industry, they're probably 10 in a church of 10,000. Only 10 people. When you mention key industries in a big church, you find that the people who are making any headway in that industry, why? Because every instruction the Holy Ghost gives to most of the people there, they don't do it. They come to church hoping that the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit upon the pastor can make up for their disobedience to the instruction of the Spirit from Monday to Saturday. That's why we're always looking for a church where the pastor is powerful. And you know what we call powerful? Gifted. I told you, I showed you from 1 Corinthians 12. It's just the gift of the Spirit. So you want a pastor who has the gift of the working of miracles because you know you're not willing to obey the life, the law of the Spirit. So you want to use that gift to make up for your disobedience. That's why you like those kind of churches. So do you see the challenge that we have? So the question now is, with the situation going on in our nation, what is the connection between what pastor is saying and what we are seeing? Let me tell you the connection. The answer to everything, just the same thing Bishop G said in the first service, that we are going through now, is believers who allow the spirit within them to come forth. So let me explain. I showed you from 1 Corinthians 12. Go and check. All the gifts of the spirit that are recorded in 1 Corinthians 12. Right? They are key ones. There are key gifts in that list of gifts that are for everyday living. But believers miss it. It speaks of the gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of knowledge. Right? But we focus on the gift of the working of, the gift of speaking in, the gift of the interpretation of, and the gift of, then the gift of healing. Yeah. But all those gifts, those five gifts, in everyday life, you need the gift of the discernment of spirits to be able to tell when you're entering into a contract with a liar. To be able to tell when somebody claims, I'm your manager, I'm not stealing your money, but you know. Do you know what the Bible says about Jesus? He says he knew that Judas used to help himself to the money. So he let him there out of mercy in the hope that he would repent. Not because he was ignorant. Some of the people have a way of thinking. You know, Peter said God is not slack concerning his, his promises as, as people think he is. He's just giving time so people can change. What he's interested in is the salvation of every soul. But for the salvation of men's souls to happen, witnessing must take place. For witnessing to take place, people must submit to the Spirit. And submission to the Spirit is on two levels. You submit to his instructions as you also submit to his what? His workings and his power. 
But the church for too long has only known the working of the Spirit in power. Miraculous power. Now there's a second dimension of power. The second expression of power which we are missing. The power of relevance. Where in your different industries, by obedience to the Spirit, through the same thing pastor does to have a powerful service. If you are doing it in your business to have a powerful business, what will happen is that in a matter of how many years, you become a Fortune 500 company. You become listed. You become a known name in the city. So when you say to people, you want to hear I make it, see me in franchise at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. They don't bond them where 2,000 people will show up here. Yes, your life is the best peer. But that life comes by the law of the spirit for living life. Yeah. The church needs to be more in tune with the spirit within. We are too given to the walking of miracles. We forget the living of miracles. The working of miracles is only an added advantage for the sake of those who will not believe. We have entered the blessedness Jesus described to Thomas. He said, blessed are those who have not seen but yet believe. So do we need miracles? Absolutely yes. In fact, it is blasphemous to speak against miracles because the works of the spirit, if you deny them, that's you are entering to the border of unforgivable sin. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying they are not given to you for you. Okay, let me give you a final description that should explain it in case you are still struggling to understand it. Was Paul arrested in the Bible? Was Peter arrested? How come the power didn't deliver them? The same Peter that said to the man at the beautiful gate, rise up and walk. When they came to kill him, why didn't he say, all of you, freeze and die? The power doesn't work against the purpose of God. You are called to the purpose. The power works for men to come into living for the purposes of God. We use the power to recruit. We don't use the power to live. The power is for the desert. It's not for the promise. A life that does not need miracles is a life that works in principles. And it's the same Holy Ghost. So the problem is that you disregard principles. You think they are not spiritual. Before they were principles, they were first revelations. Before principles became principles, they were first what? Revelations. That's why the meaning of the word principle, principalis is first, origin. It is the source of all the knowledge that you have now. Before it became common knowledge that everybody now says. Because most of what you do on Twitter and Instagram is you are just peddling what you heard somebody say. But the first person who received it before it became knowledge, it was revelation. And guess who it came from? The Holy Ghost. How did Jacob know what to do to increase his cattle? He was suffering. He prayed. Now you are suffering. You will not pray. You come to me to use my gift to make your suffering go away. But you are going to go back and do the things. Every time Jesus healed somebody, guess what he said? Go and sin no more. Do you know what it means? It means that if you sin again, you have the situation again. My miracles are not foolproof. How do Christians miss this? The only way you can live a life free of a need for miracles is to live a life by the principles of the Spirit. The Spirit is the highest principality. He rules over all principalities. And in any life where he rules, you know when the stock market is going to crash, you sell. And when other companies are firing staff, you're employing, and they're wondering, how did you do it? Oh, the Holy Ghost told me. The Bible says he will show you things to come. I knew. 
I knew when to say. The Holy Ghost brings to your memory things you have forgotten. Just reminds you. How is this your friend? You went to boarding school together. He's on your school group. Phone him. And you just phone him. Why are you talking? Wait, what do you even do? This is what I do. Ah, there's an opening in our office. What are you doing? Come. They've made me GM this. I need a special assistant in this area. And you that you were praying that God should give you a job of 100k a month. You're on 1 million a month. Just because he reminded you to phone a friend. <laughs> yeah. Just phone a friend. And you become a billionaire. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. That's all. So imagine a church where this is common ground, where the people are so submitted to the Holy Spirit. When the people from the music industry show up, influencers. The spirit from medicine show up, influencers. The people from engineering show up, influencers. The spirit everywhere. And when you see people feel the church, what are you doing here? Say, I came that man. I want to meet that man. I don't know what he's doing in our insurance. Everybody's talking about his company. Everybody's talking about his business. What he's doing. We're not submitted to the Spirit enough. That's why we're struggling. The moment you allow the law of the Spirit, you will never need a miracle again in your life. You will become the miracle. In other words, you are living a life that is free of the need for the exercise of a gift. You have become yourself the gift. You have become the picture, the mirror to people of of the possibility of how it's done. That's the call of God. So back to the example I was trying to give you. So when Paul, Peter, all the other apostles that had the Holy Ghost upon them and in them, when they faced trouble, how did they get out of it? How did they get out of it? Should I shock you? When we sing, Paul and Silas, they prayed, they sang, the Holy Ghost came down. Go back and read the scripture. We're lying. I will shock you today. We're lying. Did they tell us the content of their prayer? What those guys praying? Release us. Release us. Release us. It was the election of God that it should be released. Oh, I've heard people preach that, oh, when they arrested uh, uh, James, the church did not pray. So the king killed James. So they now arrested Peter again. Then the church prayed this time. I didn't arrest Peter. One day, Nosa and I were talking, and we both laughed and asked each other. So how come they still arrested him again and still killed him? Why this, this time they didn't pray again? Because they still eventually arrested him, and they still killed him. Was Paul delivered many times? Yes. But did he, was he still killed? So, the time he was killed, the power that delivered him before, why didn't he deliver him again? The manna they ate in the desert, why didn't he continue? How will you create food industry, agricultural industry, if manna keeps falling? God knows that he wants to teach men how to farm. He wants to be Lord also in the agricultural industry. So he will not allow you to receive a miracle that will cause an industry to die. God wants people to wear nice fashion. So if he keeps your clothes on your body beyond 40 years, there will be no fashion industry, no job. Do you know what this thing has cost? It has created a problem now in the church where everybody now wants to preach. Because you think the only thing that is living by the Spirit is standing on a pulpit and teaching. Meanwhile, being a good doctor is living by the Spirit. 
When the difference between you and other doctors shows that there is an assistant that makes your own practice of medicine clearly ahead of others. So your own pulpit is your office, your craft. But guess what? You people come to church where pastors are prayed up. They've read the scriptures. They've received light. We have powerful church. Do you know what I was meant to do? To show you how it can be in your life. But you go back home. You don't replicate what he replicates. The way I pray and study to teach. If that's the way you pray and study your work, you will have my results in your business. But people want what the pastor has to still come and fill their own gap in their own industry. That it, it can't work. We we'll remain irrelevant. So we have an irrelevant church. People tell you things like don't go into the entertainment industry. It corrupts. That's because your light is not really light. If light is light, it's never afraid of darkness. That's actually where you should go, sir. Everybody is not Nathaniel Bassi. That's what I'm telling you. You're not called to be Sinach. If love songs are coming to you, sing them! Stop that nonsense. All this, uh, uh, you are a child of God. Everything should be inside the church. That's why we are not powerful. Stop all this nonsense. If we go there, you will see girls. Uh, they will drink. Jesus was there. He didn't drink. He sat with sinners. If you are afraid of drinking, you are not yet fully saved. We still need to work on you. So, I'm a living witness to the fact that you can be in the mainstream industry and keep your head. Don't come and give me an excuse. You bless the Lord by singing love songs that are pure. The Lord is blessed. Because God's first government in the earth is family. And if families are in disarray because you are singing worship songs, we're in trouble. Nathaniel is doing what God called Nathaniel to do. But God didn't call every singer to do what Nathaniel is doing. Every girl is not called to sing what Sinachi is singing. It's not true. It's a lie. You are not called to be pastors. Go, go to your office. Let the Holy Ghost show there. There's too much pressure on this thing. People are now fighting each other trying to. Why? Because there's no other space. You've left so many spaces. And the Holy Ghost is waiting to manifest there. Let me shock you. Have you not wondered what kind of church it is where we only meet on Sundays and then just two Tuesdays in a month? Don't you have work? If you don't need all those plenty meetings. The problem is you just somebody to show you how to be submitted to the Holy Ghost. Once you are, end of story. One meeting a week. Occasionally we do midweek and study the Bible together. Is enough. Do you know why you are looking for extra? You need revelation that... Let me tell you something. I'll say, I'll say one thing that will blow your mind. You know the problem with many Christians? They are intelligent at what is not needed. How can you have revelation you are not going to use? So you want to know what I know, but your calling, I mean your work, is engineering. It's not relevant to you there. What you need to know is to know what will make you the, a different class of engineer from regular engineers. That by the time you construct civil engineer a building, you are part of a building, people are like, who is the civil engineer? I'm not looking for the architect. Who is the civil engineer? Why is the line straight like this in Nigeria? Line can be straight. Please, who is the civil engineer? It's one guy. I don't remember his name. He goes to one church, one franchise church. That's it. He goes to one redeemed in Keja. He goes to one. That's how we're supposed to be, house on the rock. That's what, that's, that should be how they know you. You are the ones that will produce music. You'll be using mouth to explain to us why it's sweet. When we hear Don Jazzy's own, we know it's sweet. 
In fact, they are so confident it's sweet, they put their name. Straight away. That's their, that's the Holy Ghost upon them. And it's on you. You are fighting the beast. The Holy Ghost is saying, add this. Doom. Do, do. They are saying, no. It's not like that in uh, my, my essays album. It's like this. Doom. Ba, do, doom. Myro, no, they are doing what God called them to do. That's why they are succeeding at it. If the same way they are facing that you face your own, you will succeed. And you will excel. And you bring honor to God. Do you know the conflicts the Bible says will resolve upon the mountain of God? Can you resolve those conflicts if you have no knowledge in those areas? Exactly. Ignorant people, you come and start judging matters between doctors. When you don't know about, even, you don't even know stethoscope. You want to talk about, <laughs> you want to solve problem between obstetricians. I tell them uh, in ophthalmology, you know, you enter the socket, then you go to the cornea here. You, you don't, you don't, you, you can't even read. Church, what is going on in Nigeria now? Eh? Needs that the church must come to the life station, which is our services, to receive the current, the charge, and go outside and discharge. The only thing we should know here is that like, unlike Daniel, you have started eating the king's portion. And they will be angry with you. Every hero in scripture that you read about, they were not pastors. You want to be like Daniel, Abi, and reign in Babylon. You want to be like Joseph. Was he a priest? He was not a priest. This they, they put them in the scriptures for us to read about them and teach about them in worship meetings. Meetings that are about spiritual things. Devoted meetings. Meanwhile, they unfolded the glory of God. The spirit of God came upon them in, on platforms, in areas, on theaters where it had nothing to do with God. Where Samson was fighting, were they worshiping there? The judges were not, they were not commissioned for Worship meetings. They didn't kill rams. They didn't sprinkle blood on the table. There was no holy of holies. Samson didn't have holy of holies. He was a rascal. He was just living normally. But the spirit was upon him. And how he lived. And the things that he wrought by the spirit upon him. That's the same spirit. This is the day of Bezalel and Oholiabs. That the same spirit that was upon Moses to prophesy. Receive the word of God. Is on Bezalel and Oholiab to craft and to build. The same spirit that is on me to teach the word of God. You know those who teach here. Don't join us. Go and do medicine. That's why we have confusion in the body of Christ. Everybody is preaching. We are supposed to care about coming here. To receive something for living. Miracles are not for you. They are supposed to be dispensed through you. They are signs to show the world. But principles are for you. Live by the law of the spirit. If you live by the law of the spirit, the principles of the spirit, you will not have need for miracles. You will be a living miracle. Your whole life will be a spectacle of glory. And people will be amazed. That's all you need. Principles. Stop judging principles as carnal. They are spiritual. Principles of excellence. Principles of wake up when you're supposed to wake up. You have to be in the office at 8, 7, 9, 10, whatever time. You have to be on your system. Your boss is waiting for you. And you are sleeping when I'm sleeping, saying you are praying the way I'm praying. Are you a pastor? 
You want to be as powerful as I am in the word. You don't need it. Eh? Blasphemy. It's true. You don't need it. I told you, 12 tribes, only one were priests. Leave it. You don't need it. You think all the people in the early church had the revelation of Paul? Why did you write a letter to them? If they, if they knew it. <laughs> Why did you write them a letter? But go and check the people who made up the church. People from the house of Caesar. A man called, who did they write the book of Luke and Acts to? Theophilus. Who was the public counselor for the city. All he did was make the Bible available. He didn't explain it. He didn't try to add his own revelation. Stop trying to be pastors. Stop trying to be apostles. Stop trying to be prophets. Stop trying to... The Spirit of God is also upon Babas to carve hair like this that a rich man will pack and say, please, who cut your hair? Where do they cut hair like this in Lagos? So, church, we need to be relevant. And for us to be relevant, we need to allow the spirit within to work. We need to live by the law of the spirit in order to be able to access the life that is in Christ. He was accused of no sin. He conducted himself well. He was everywhere to time. He was excellent in all things. He told no lie. His whole life, not just his words, was a picture of the things that he said. If you wanted to understand this message, look at how he lived. It was clear to everybody. But today, everybody wants to preach. Because of this small honor of Pastor Tosin, Pastor Tosin, that's, that's what you want to die on. If you know the honor that is available beyond this Pastor Tosin, many of you will drop it like, and if you know the judgment that follows this thing, the Bible says those who teach will be judged doubly. If anything, you should run away from it. Yeah. Be a pro- the professor you are called to be, be it. You can't just explain why you just know book. Face it. <laughs> Let the Holy Ghost help you really appreciate it. By the time you know that book to such a point, it's, your, it's a human being that is Nobel laureate. Since 1986, I will not do for one more. How can a whole country, since 1986, we've not had another Nobel laureate? And there are Christians who are teaching literature in university. Read book, man. Right. <laughs> Take scriptures. That's the only time you'll be reading them as an artist. Convert them into today's stories that people are wondering, how come it's as though that story this person wrote that they used for that movie is like the story of Samson, but it doesn't also look at how did she write? That's uh, they would, well, you now, when we now come and interview you, you know, when Oprah is now interviewing you, you now tell them, you know, that story was actually the story of Samson. Say, oh, Bible again, which church please will now come. Who then come? People should leave pastor alone. Tell somebody leave pastor alone. Do your work. <laughs> yes, the Holy Ghost is also there. That's your own pulpit. That's where you witness. And that's your own power. That's your own power. We're not saying proper witnessing because we're not seeing power demonstrated beyond this place. We're trifling with principles. We're turning stones to bread. Everything is about what I can get. And it's actually bread that motivates the desire of many people to want to be pastors. What, what is given to pastors. That's what makes many people claim they want to be pastors. It's a lie. You know, you know it's not your calling. Go and walk. Once you, if you preach there, I will hear here. 
Once your influence is heavy in the city, they don't burn the pastor where we hear of you. Can you stop radio from playing a song that's sweet? And if they are playing it, all of you are listening to chicken now. Does he not go to a church? You think you enter the place, some girls do not follow him. Say this boo of the bullets. The bullets will come now. So when they all arrive, what are they looking for? What they are looking for, boo, is now pastors work to intercept them with the word. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go and use his talent <laughs> and bring us influence.